This is an update for members of the American Association of Orthodontists for June 14, 2017. Welcome to the second in our series of conversations with the AAO Interim Executive Director. I'm Pam Paladin here with Dr. Duane McCamish, who is, in addition to being a past AAO president, he currently is the Interim Executive Director of the AAO. Thanks for taking time to chat with us again today, Dr. McCamish. Pam, I always enjoy talking to our members and talking with you. We're glad to have you here. Let's uh, talk about a survey, Dr. McCamish, that our members have been asked to participate in. On the 1st of June, uh, they received a request from the AAO, at least the active uh, practicing members in the U.S. and Canada received, asking them to respond to the Economics of Orthodontics survey. Do you know uh, offhand how often the survey is done? Yes, Pam, I do. The economics portion of the survey is done every year. And then the patient census portion of the survey is done every other year. So it makes it really important that our members follow through and fill out this survey. I know, I know from being out there, just like each one of them are, it's a hassle to fill out surveys. And we're constantly asked to do that whether it's through Amazon or through as Delta or, or whatever, we're, 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 we're always asked to survey. But this was really important, and it's important for a lot of reasons. The Board of Trustees develops a lot of the programs and services that we provide to the membership through the results of this survey. So this survey allows us to look at the critical issues that are facing our profession and then from that to take and to be able to provide programs and services to meet those critical issues. So it's impossible to take and to provide programs and services if you don't know what the issues are. And even though we think we know, we want to make sure that what we're providing is what our membership needs. And it's also a means by which we can reach out to the media and we can draw attention to orthodontics and we can draw attention to our profession by providing factual information. It does take some time. I know I've filled them out several times. And I'll often start it and, and then stop. And I'll reach out to some of my staff because with computers now, we know everything. We can push a button and I can tell you how many starts I had, can tell you what percentage were adults and what percentage were, were teenagers, how much early treatment. So we can reach out to staff for assistance with a lot of the information. And it'll take a lot less of our members' time if they will utilize their staff and not try to do it all themselves and maybe not even try to do it all in one setting. 15, 20 minutes is usually adequate, but but take and, and do it as you have time and pick out parts that you know right off and then assign it to staff to do the other part. That's some, some great advice. I'd like to follow up on your comment on sharing this information with the media because that's something that I've been involved with. With the last patient census survey that was done, uh, which is part of the economics of orthodontics, a couple years ago, we found out that we were treating more adults than any time ever. Uh, We started uh, tracking patients by their age in 1989, 
And in 2014, I think the number was 1,460,000 adults, 18 and older, U.S. and Canada, that were being treated by AAO members. That gave us a reason to go out and tell the media, hey, look at us, look what we're doing. Yes, adults can have orthodontic treatment too, and their best choice for orthodontic treatment is an orthodontist. Without any doubt, and there's no way we have that information, and there's no way the media is going to listen to what we're saying unless it's factual and unless we have the trends that are occurring. And that's what this survey provides us. It shows us the trends that are occurring within our own profession, and that's something our members should want to be part of right and they really with computers it sounds like it it can be fairly easy to uh, to get the answers (laughs) well i I think it just it takes a little time time. but it takes a little organization and if you do that then i think you can find it quite quite easy to do and then whenever those numbers are revealed to all our members then you can look and see and you say oh yeah i I can see where I fit within that. So the information that you provide gives you a glimpse yourself at your practice, which often we don't take time to do, and then you can compare that on a national basis. Dr. McCamish, do you see responding to surveys like this as, as something that contributes to the ongoing characteristic of this organization as being member driven as opposed to staff driven? There is no way we can be a member-driven organization if we do not know the statistics out there and the problems and the issues from our membership. And by doing this survey and by filling it out, it will allow the leaders of the American Association of Orthodontists to take and, and, and to make sure that we stay a member-driven organization. And I can promise you, as the ad interim executive director now of the American Association of Orthodontists, this is a member-driven organization, and it will continue to be that. I can promise you that that, will be, that that is true and will continue to be true. And with members answering the survey, it will help to reinforce all of that. That's the only way it'll happen. There may be people listening, Dr. McCamish, who maybe missed getting notification of this or they don't know quite what to do, but they would like to maybe take part, I hope. <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, what can members do who uh, maybe have not seen this invitation to participate in the economics of orthodontics study? Well, I think you're right. I think that there's some members that may not have received it. There may be some who received it and have lost it. There may be some that received it and thought they were going to do it later or just simply misplaced it for whatever reason. And regardless, you you still have a chance to be part of it. And all you have to do is contact Brandon Hackworth or Lauren Snowden at the American Association of Orthodontists, or you can simply type in info, I-N-F-O, at aaortho.org, and that will take you right to a site where you can receive that information. So if you would do that, I really encourage you to be part of this survey. It's your chance to have your voice seen and heard through the statistics that you provide through this economics and and member survey. Great. So just send an email to info at aaortho.org and uh, let the recipient know that you would like to participate in the economics of orthodontics study. And that information will be passed along to AAO staff, Brandon Hackworth and Lauren Snowden, who will make sure that you get your invitation and your chance to participate in the survey and throw in your two cents worth, which we need.
Not too long ago, you and the AAO president, Dr. Nahid Maliki, and the AAO president-elect, Dr. Brent Larson, represented the AAO at uh, the meeting of the European Orthodontic Society, or we'll just call it EOS for short. What's the purpose of AAO sending representatives to this meeting? It really has an important purpose that I think a lot of our members really don't realize and they don't understand really the benefit to the American Association of the officers going over and representing each of them actually at the European Orthodox Society meeting. Not only just having the presence of the AAO represented internationally is important, but even more importantly than that, we sign up many new international members and we sign up many new international residents. We do that by working at a booth for the period of time we're there. It is not a vacation, I can tell you. And, you know, one of the main things, Pam, you realize as a past president and as Nahid as president and Brent as president-elect, you realize our exhibitors and what they do in taking and attending our meetings by having to work at a booth for from 9 o'clock in the morning to 5.30 in the afternoon. But we we found it to be very successful this year. We came back with a good 45, 50 new members that are now members of the American Association of Orthodontists, many in practice, and then several uh, were residents as well. So this is, is a way to strengthen the organization. It is, but it also is a way to promote the American Association of Orthodontists. You know, we are the orthodontic icon out there for all of orthodontists in the world and and when you go to meetings like this they really appreciate us being there but they also they come to our booth wanting to know more about the american association of orthodontists the ajodo is a big draw our annual session are big draws our our podcast not th- this one necessarily <laughs> but uh well hopefully they would listen to it but our our distance learning programs and the uh the programs we have online for our, our members are are things that they look at as a benefit as well that's great so are there in your conversations and meetings while you were there did you come across any kinds of uh shared challenges that that orthodontists on both continents are are facing You know, many of the things are the same. In fact, I would say most of the things are the same. They face the same issues with individuals doing orthodontics that aren't totally qualified. They face the same issues with unsupervised in-person orthodontic treatment being delivered in Europe and in each of their countries that we face. I think the one big thing, the one big difference relates to something we learned as Nahid spoke and our president, Nahid Maliki, spoke twice while we were there. She spoke at the business meeting of the organizations, the leaders from 28 different countries. And at that business meeting, after she spoke and she talked about issues within the AAO and things we're facing, we had a question and answer session. And student debt is always an issue that comes to the forefront, and it's something that we're all concerned about, and we're all concerned for our residents that are, that are going through training and what they're facing whenever they get out. And we found that, that at the, in the European Association, the EOS, that many of the residents graduate, and they have very minimal student debt. How can that be? 
Well, it's, it's funded by each of the countries, and so it's, it's like a free education. It's similar in a certain way to the same health care where, mm. you know, in some of the countries, everyone's entitled to receive orthodontic treatment regardless of need. It's not based on a Salzman index or any level of need. If you want braces, you can go get braces. So there is more of a, a socialized system of education as well as health care. It's the same concept. Now, when you get out, your practice is also controlled to a certain degree by, by the government in which you were trained or in which you received assistance. So it's a, a two-edged sword in a certain way. There is less debt, but then when you get out, you don't have as much choice and opportunity in what you're going to do in a private practice. And you kind of touched on uh, something that caught my ear that maybe DIY or Orthodontics is, is an issue there as well as here? Definitely. They have the same issues with uh, unsupervised orthodontic treatment, unsupervised in-person orthodontic treatment with it, that we do. And they have the same internet we do. They're very aware of the different programs, the different blogs that are out there promoting from anywhere from wire to elastics to rope to using finger pressure or taking devices and putting it inside your mouth yourself and trying to move your teeth. So they they are exposed to the same social media that, that our patients and that we have in the United States and are fighting the same issues in that regard that we are. So there's a lot of a lot of shared uh, challenges. There is, there is. So were there any kinds of issues maybe that you heard about at the EOS meeting, things that maybe are happening in Europe that have the potential to affect AAL members in the U.S. and Canada? You know, the only, the only concern that we routinely saw, we saw from a lot of the international members that came to our booth to sign up, and they were looking at coming to Washington, D.C., and, and they showed some concern that I think a lot of, of international members have maybe even a misconception on travel restrictions and, uh, and how that might be affecting them in traveling to the United States. We had several comments that we, we hope we're still able to come, like there was going to be a ban on their travel. And there's, there's some misconception about how our politics is, is in the United States. I think depending upon the area of Europe that you live in, there's some varied misconception and maybe some conceptions that are actually true. We will do a, the best job we can to inform people about how to make it over for the annual session next year. The only other thing I'd add, Pam, is that is how well we were represented by both our president, Nahid Maleki, and our president-elect, Brent Larson. They spoke very well to the business meetings. Uh, Nahid spoke at a president's reception that she was asked to make some comments, and they both represented our members extremely well while we were there. Dr. McCamish, what would you maybe characterize as your main takeaway from your meetings and conversations at the EOS meeting? The respect and the way that we are treated as members of the American Association of Orthodontists, when we travel abroad, we are put on a level that that we have to maintain, and we have to maintain that level of respect that we have throughout the world by the quality of treatment that we provide to patients. And I think that's the level of respect. And it's not just what I have done or what anyone that is 
right out there right now it's done it's what all those that have come before us have done and it's what we must do to maintain that same level of respect one last thing i'd like to just uh, do a quick update with you dr mccamish and uh, that's on the search for your replacement for the the permanent executive director what can you share with us on that well, I'm glad to update our members on where we are in that process. As, as membership knows, we do have a search committee that's formed. That committee is chaired by Brent Larson, our president-elect. That committee has gone forward and reviewed RFPs that have been submitted. We actually had seven RFPs submitted. From the seven RFPs that were submitted for a search firm, we have chosen three. Uh, I personally did interviews with those three yesterday. I will have a conference call with that committee at 645 tonight. And from that and from the results of the RFPs and from the results of my conference calls pretty much most of the day yesterday with uh, representatives from each of those search firms, we will choose an entity to go forward. That entity that we choose will bring back to the search committee. Well, first of all, they'll have a discovery phase is what we'll call it. And they will discover the characteristics that we are looking for for an executive director. And then from that discovery phase, they will come back for applicants for us to consider for the position of executive director. I have no doubt um, the three companies that, um, that are out there, the three entities that are out there, the search committee cannot make a bad choice. All three of those entities, I, I feel like, will do a good job. They have different characteristics, and they're located in different parts of the United States, but they will do a good job. So the process, Pam, is going on. It's more important to get the right person in this position. I can promise you that. After being here for the time that I've been here, this is into my the end of my sixth week, and after being here for that period of time, I can promise you having the right person in place is the most important consideration. Great. You've got the members at heart. Yeah. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this June 14th, 2017 update for members of the American Association of Orthodontists. Thanks to Dr. Duane McCamish, the Interim Executive Director of the AAO, for speaking with us today. And we look forward to additional updates soon. This is Pam Paladin. Thanks for listening.